This is the Daily Signal podcast for Wednesday, February 21st. I'm Mary Margaret Olihan. Rodrigo Ivan Cortez is a former Mexican lawmaker who was convicted of gender-based political violence by Mexican authorities for criticizing a man who identifies as a transgender woman. I sat down with Rodrigo to discuss this conviction and what it means for free speech in Mexico and around the world. Stay tuned for my conversation with Rodrigo after this. This is Mike Howell at the Heritage Foundation. I know how the left and the deep state operate because I've seen it from the inside. When I was working for the Trump administration, I learned how the left made our lives miserable and how they continued to think they could play by their own rules. Well, now we're taking all of these tricks and tactics that were deployed against the Trump administration and turning them against the Biden regime. Through the work of the Oversight Project, we're exposing the left for what they are and embarrassing some actors responsible. We're using strategic FOIAs and fearless litigation to force these bureaucrats to deliver documents they prefer to never see the light of day. But for our work to be successful, we need patriots like you to stand with us. You can take action now. Visit heritage.org slash oversight to learn more. There's no time to waste. Rodrigo Ivan Cortez, you are a former Mexican congressman and a civil society leader who was convicted of gender-based political violence. What is gender-based political violence? It's a um, tricky uh, term. Uh, it's not based in the Mexican Constitution or in Pacto of San Jose or in human and of the, or in the Declaration of Human Universal Rights. Uh, it's a term that comes from United Nations, but in the soft law. Not, it's not a hard law. Mm-hmm. And um, you could have some tricky interpretations because in one okay. sense, you could find these kind of terms in a law that tries to defend the real woman. Right. Real woman, not the person who ascribes uh, himself as a woman. Is a real woman. Right. That was the purpose of, of that uh, terms in, in, in one law. But right now, these terms are used to promote and impose the gender confusion ideology. It's really scary. And can you tell us how this unfolded for you? So you were, my understanding, you were combating a law that had to do uh, with men identifying as women. Can you tell us about that? Yes, I was in Congress Mm -hmm. uh, when a transsexual legislator, part of the transsexual parliamentarian group of the regime, Morena's regime, I was um, talking with the vice president of the Congress, mm-hmm. and she was informed that a legislator uh, dressed like a drag pope or drag bishop. Drag in, pope? Yes, wow, like, okay. a, like this, uh-huh. uh, to present this bill. So she asked to bring her the, the, the content of that bill, and as I was with her, uh, she showed me the content, and the content is to criminalize the teachings of the Bible in marriage and uh, sexual morality, labeling it, it as a hate speech 
So uh, she was worried. She's a friend of mine, and, right. and she said, this is awful. And um, we tried to, to see what could be done. So some members of the Congress, friends uh, of mine, decide to get up and get out of the parliament in the moment that this uh, transsexual uh, comes dressed like that right. to present this. And I decide to, to stay and to make a statement for social media. So I denounce this behavior because they ask for respect, but they don't give respect. Right. So this, this, this person comes into the Mexican parliament dressed as a drag pope, introducing legislation saying that these biblical principles of sexuality and, and marriage should be criminalized? Yes. And they're saying that deserves respect? <laughs> that, yes. That's wild. It's, it's wild. So I, I say it's not okay. This goes against the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, Pacto of San Jose, and our Constitution. Because right. in our Constitution and all the rest of the international treaties are in favor of freedom mm -hmm. of speech and religious freedom. So this goes against. And I also explain that a transsexual uh, legislator is a man who ascribes himself as a woman. And I raise my voice also against the behavior, recent behavior of this transsexual group, because before enter the floor, mm -hmm. days before that, they get high with drugs okay. in order to promote that the drugs must be legalized. And other day, they, they uh, publish in their social media oral sex videos with their clients Wow! in order to promote the legalization of prostitution. They describe themselves as sex workers, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, they don't use that word. They use a very aggressive uh, word, but with proud. They, they, they have this special pride for... Right, they're not embarrassed about it. No, all. embarrassed about it. And I said that it is not right to a popular representative to, to do things like that. Right, for an elected lawmaker to yeah. be talking about their, their sexuality or their, their sexual activities so publicly seems very inappropriate. And with videos. With videos, so pornography. Yes, so I, I, I raise my voice for that. But also because days before this happened, the transsexual parliamentarian group mm -hmm. attacked the president of the Congress. Santiago Cril Miranda. Right. It is an elderly man. And is the president. And they take him off his place as a president, take his bell, his microphone, with physical violence. Uh, that physical violence was, was from men, because they are men. They right. use that. This. And this was because... Another friend of mine, Gabriel Quadri, member of the parliament, there to oppose their bill, another bill or initiative of, of bill that try to establish change of sex yeah. without limits from birth 
without limits. So they were trying to establish a way for someone to change their stated sex on their birth certificate? Well, it it was uh, like ambiguous thing, Uh but it was clear that it was change of sex. Okay. But Quadri uh, said uh, that is not okay. At least uh, put uh, that if you want to change your sex, you must be 18 years old. Okay. Or since 18 years old. That starts the rage of these people, and that concludes in the violent take of the seat of the president of the Congress. And I say, that is not okay. Well, this transsexual group sue me, make this demand at the Electoral Institute. The Electoral Institute, without hearing me, say he is guilty and sent the case to the electoral tribunal the electoral tribunal it's supposed to deal with matters of elections and we were not in any election i'm not candidate the the transsexual legislator is an exercise is is not a candidate so it wasn't a matter of uh, an election well they took it and they sentence me. And when you see the sentence, you see that have nothing to do with the Constitution. Right. They use the terms in a very ideological way. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there is a crime that, that don't exist even in the law, that it's transmisoginia. Uh, the law that they said was... Uh, meant it to prevent violence against w- women, real women. Right. And they say, I commit transmisoginia. But the transmisoginia, it's, it's not in any law. Wow. So what's the punishment for, for violating this, this faux law? It's nonsense because, first, they sentenced me to deconstruct myself. How could I do that? How could I deconstruct myself? <laughs> what, so what does that mean? You have to take classes or you have to listen well, to these activists? Um, then, because this is the first line, you must deconstruct yourself. Okay. okay? Then they put me fines, economical fines. Mm-hmm. Then they put me in a list with a long title that it's... Um, Ignominious, like a violent gender offender against a woman, uh, but with more words. And they intend that this uh, list prevent you that you could be named by any public position in the municipal level, state level, or federal level. So because these these lawmakers decided that you're guilty of gender-based political violence you cannot be a lawmaker in any kind of elected position. Or in a public administration. So these are in litigation because we don't know uh, where this is going to end, but uh, the intention to be in that list is exactly that. You cannot be named, you could not be elected. You cannot have a public voice as a representative or as a public uh, director of any public institution. And, and other uh, thing is that you must take about 10 or 15 gender normalization programs. So it is amazing because 
I, I'm philosopher as a profession. So if you uh, could define truth, truth is the adequation of the mind to the reality. Mm-hmm. And when you speak this adequation, you're saying the truth. Well, this sentence prohibits you to tell the truth right. and impose you to say the contrary, to say a lie, because it is no adequation of the mind to, to your reality when you say, I am a woman, but in reality, you are a man. Right. So this sentence imposed to you to say the lie and prohibits you to say the truth. But another thing is you cannot defend the religious freedom. You cannot even criticize the legislative work of a transsexual. Because if you do that, then you are a discriminator and you are a criminal. And there are some factors that say in the sentence that are outrageous. That is a factors that make this a grave crime. And they say these factors are one, because Rodrigo Ivan is male. That's it. Only for being male, this is a factor to make this crime worse. Second, because I'm Catholic. Third, because I'm white. I'm not white. But <laughs> what's the meaning of this in Mexico? Right. What? what Uh, the, the, this, the, the, the color of your skin, I'm not white, but they say I'm, what that means. And because I'm heterosexual, that makes this crime worse. When, when you see another crime, it's a, if you kill someone with a machete, that mm -hmm. make it worse. But with this... Right. To be men or male, to, to be Catholic, to be heterosexual or specific color. Mm -hmm. How could this make anything worse? And uh, it is surprising because during this trial, members of this tribunal express themselves in favor of the transsexual constantly. Wow. gather with him and express that uh, they're happy to deconstruct themselves for this. And during this trial, one of, of these uh, members of the trial expressed that his duty, his labor of, as a member of this tribunal is not to give sentence accordingly to the Constitution but to correct the Constitution. Wow. Because the Constitution was made of a bunch of white heterosexual men. <laughs> wow. So, in effect, these lawmakers in Mexico are, are... It sounds like you're saying they're targeting you because you're Catholic, you're straight, uh, you practice your faith, and you don't think that men can just become women and you have been targeted by your government for this, where do you go from here? I know you're represented by ADF International, right? What happens next? Well, I'm very grateful because an institution like Alliance Defending Freedom mm -hmm. take my defense. So just in, in recent days, ADF present my case uh, before the um, Inter-American Human Rights System. And this starts with present my case 
against Mexican state. They presented at the commission. First is the commission. Okay. And then is the court. So this is the, the next step to, to present it. We don't know how long it, this uh, could take, but it's very important to have another instance because in Mexico, if the members of a jury, of a tribunal, don't follow the Constitution, don't follow the Pact of San Jose, don't follow the Declaration, uh, Universal Declaration of Human Rights, and they follow an ideology, oof, we are in serious Serious problem. Right. Serious problem. It's incredibly scary. And do you think, you know, I'm sure you've paid attention to U.S. politics, uh, the cancel culture that follows many Americans for just saying a man is a man or a woman is a woman or men shouldn't be in women's sports. Do you think Americans should be worried about whether that kind of policy will come here? Very worried. Very, very worried because what is happening is that in plain sight, before our eyes, the freedom of a speech has been cancelled. I cannot say even the truth in my country. The freedom, the religious freedom is cancelled. And, and they want to make the Christian teachings, te teachings and the Bible itself as a hate speech. And they have another initiatives of, of a bill that with the label of symbolic violence, they consider that the Christian symbols are violence and you must take it out from the public spaces. Why are Christian symbols violent in as much as they relate to homosexuality or, or biblical teaching on marriage? What makes them violent? Hate speech is the key mm. uh, expression because if you are not submit entirely to this gender confusion ideology, you have hate speech. And I start to understand what this really means. It's not hate speech because the Bible don't have hate speech. Right. It's the speech that they hate that must be banished, canceled. So this is the, the real meaning. I discussed with a local parliamentarian in Campeche and a, a debate and because they want to approve this symbolic violence, meaning Christian uh, symbols. And as he went out of arguments, he said, we make this because our line, political line of the uh, National Executive Committee of Morena told us. And they told us because it is important to follow uh, the line of Gramsci. I, I am philosopher, so I, say, ah, I know that. <laughs> Gramsci is a, an Italian philosopher, communist, that makes another way to promote communism in Catholic Italy in the first part of the 20th century. And he promotes a cultural socialism. And uh, he said that you must change the culture. You must change the common sense mm -hmm. of the people in order to put out God from public spaces 
and you must put out God from the conscience of people. So you must work in to counter the hegemony of Christianity and create a new hegemony that it's the not Christian or against Christian narrative or, or culture. Mm. So when this local parliamentarian that I'm sure he didn't read and, and or knows uh, Gramsci's philosophy, <laughs> uh, I, I, because I write some things about that, I, I tell him, just, just let me quote the, the philosopher that you are referring. And I say the quotations of these jail notebooks, that is the name of, of one of his writing, telling exactly this. And as I, far, I, I have uh, priests and pastors as a public Uh, they they were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Their ideal is that? Yes. So the ideal is removing Christianity from the public space and, and replacing the conscience it. of the people and the conscience and replacing it with ideology. Yes, and in this case, is gender ideology that presents a fight or a dialect between uh, the the freedom the good against uh, the hate of speech of Christianity. Wow. So you have obviously been through so much ever since you spoke up about this. Does it make you wish that you didn't say anything or are you glad that you spoke up? As far as I, I a, a Catholic uh -huh. and I believe that Christian teaching are important. Mm -hmm. It's not that I'm glad to, to say it, but I, I feel confirmed because You, you must be sure that you are in the good fight. So at least I feel that I'm in the, in the good fight. And as far as I see that they are taking things to upside down uh, principles, values, laws, terms, I think I must give my testimony. I don't know if I'm going to win. So far, I'm not. <laughs> But at least I'm saying the truth. I'm um, expressing myself and I care about the, the religious freedom because I'm seeing that they have in the local level and in the federal level more, much more initiatives of bills that goes against the freedom of speech, the religious freedom, the freedom of the parents in order to teach their children accordingly to their ethic and religious um, co conviction or principles or values. I could give you examples of all of these, but again, they, they're going for this freedom as they go for their family. They don't want marriage. They want to destroy marriage. They are constantly trying to destroy marriage. They go against uh, the life of the people. The, the, uh, they, they are saying in one time, okay, let's put one week, two weeks, three weeks, 14 weeks. It is for abortion. For abortion. For abortion. Uh, and they say, let's, let's say uh, um, in this case, another case. And so we are seeing in the capital before the EFE, mm -hmm. Distrito Federal, and now the City of Mexico. Now the proposal is to have uh, abortion without any restriction during abortion. nine months. Which is what Democrats in the United States have been advocating for as well. Yeah, and now in this year, the Supreme Court that are so twisted too, 
And the Morena's legislators and some of the opposition, too, are trying to take out abortion as a crime, put it out completely. So, as a Mexican expression is, China libre. You could commit abortion without any, any repercussion, totally free, because it's not going to be a crime anymore if this uh, issue starts in February, wow. between February and April. We could have that uh, in Mexico. So, they're going against life. They're going against family, and they're going against the fundamental freedoms, right. and, and with speed. They're going fast. So, based on what you just told us, when you go home now, are you concerned about whether you are safe or your family is safe when you, ha when you face these charges and you know what you're telling us about how these legislators are targeting marriage and the family and life? Yes. It is um, something that... We, we have to consider because some months ago that I made this uh, press conference and that I expressed myself against some issues like this mm -hmm. of the regime in the very, very morning, about two or three in, in the morning, my car was attacked, all the front and, and, and the sides. And um, when I was hearing these things just in, at the entrance of my house, I was thinking, should I go out? <laughs> Because I think it's about four people. Wow. I, think, I think not. Uh, because wow, so you're standing in the doorway of your house and there's four, inside, pe four people outside smashing four up people, your car. Uh, yes, so I said, mm, perhaps it's not a good idea to go out. Yeah. <laughs> But it was exactly the day that I made this press conference. Wow. And I said, well, Let's try to take care of, of uh, what is in my hands yeah. uh, and try to, de to do what I think is right. Well, Rodrigo, we're so glad that you're fighting to do what is right, and we're so grateful that you shared your story with us. Thank you so much. No, thanks you. And that'll do for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't gotten a chance, be sure to check our evening show right here, in this podcast feed, where we bring you the top news of the day. Also, make sure you subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read all your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day. And we'll be back with you all at 5 p.m. for our top news edition. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.